What's up, everybody? Welcome back to After Dragons. And we have a special version of the comic show today as we're joined by Adam Barnhart, who's the writer and creator of Shit Show, a uh, comic published by Scout Comics, with issue one releasing this week on New Comic Book Day, December 16th, 2020. Adam, what's up, man? Welcome. Thanks for having me, Rob. First off, what's up? Uh, you know, just life. You know, woke up this morning, uh, everything's going well. So I guess I really can't complain. Right, surviving the, the uh, surviving all this home time as of late. Yep, 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 absolutely. <laughs> it, it's so bonkers. I, I'm So I'm based in Iowa, North Iowa. Okay. Um, and we haven't got so much of Snowflake this year. And usually we have like 30 inches, 48 inches by now. So I have no idea. What the hell's going on? It sounds like I'm complaining. That's actually uh, very, I'm thankful. Happy about the lack of snow. Yes. I spent yes, a few but... years living there in Minneapolis and kind of driving oh. down to see family in Kansas City. So I take 35 just the whole way through that snow-ridden corridor. So you're very aware of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It can be uh, It can be brutal over there. I'm uh, living in Vegas here now, so I won't rub it in too much that the weather is uh, nice and 50 degrees, I guess. All right. If you're getting snowflakes out there, man, something's wrong. <laughs> right. Right. Now it's, uh, it's interesting to see um, some creators coming from the Midwest too, as well. Um, grew up in Kansas there, just pretty close by. Right, right, so right. shit show, man. Um, <laughs> give us the, give us the rough solicit or the, the elevator pitch, if you would. The roughest, um, thing i tell people it's it's drunk carnies with superpowers is kind of my uh the roughest thing um the elevator pitch is it this is said in a world where there was plenty of heroes and now there's not and the few that remain have a uh, traveling circus as they try to figure out what to do in a world with very 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 few heroes Right, right. I think that's uh, that sums it up perfectly. It seemed like uh, um, the book really rolls out that that past age kind of shows what was um, mm -hmm. in the midst of legends, kind of drunken stupor. Uh, yep. So you get to see kind of a glimpse of the past for sure. Right, and absolutely. It, yeah, that's. Um, I don't know why I love writing that uh, that type of a, a structure. Um, Maybe I took it a little bit from Arrow. I did so watching Arrow. I wasn't the hugest fan, the biggest fan of of that structure, the flashbacks and right. from the present day and stuff. So I have no idea why I decided to do. Um, well, I shook out. Huh? Yeah, but uh, I think that's the only way to really tell this story, at least in uh, in volume one. I think it I think it worked out very well to contrast the kind of then and now because it placed right. the reader placed me very quickly like mm -hmm. right in the thick of things without you know with just getting the bearings of one timeline but then seeing the contrast of the two was more you know re more real I think seeing what legend and the team were um the team was I think it was macabre macabre mel mm -hmm. legend lex and um and billet the four of them that are fighting fighting that three-headed demon Balam and in the opening scenes there yep yep and um the alien shapeshifter as well max ah, yes maxin yeah um i noticed a quote that was just uh they were calling just his they're calling out for him as he was getting 
slaughtered by Balam, just Max. And it looked kind of like the uh, image title Max. Right. <laughs> right. But uh, no, I um, I really appreciated that part of the, the team introduction. And it seemed kind of uh, tra- traditional, I think, for a hero introduction until Lex gets kind of run down and really wrecked. And he's like looking at his broken leg. At that right. point, I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This yeah, is a different so, kind of book. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that that's the one thing we really wanted to do with it. Right. So we're, we're trying to pitch this and and you look at all small press publishers nowadays in indie comics and um, no one, no one wants superhero books. You know, um, a lot of people um, try to implement rules or policies that say, you know what, we're not going to touch superhero books because every Wednesday Marvel releases 20 superhero books and DC releases 20 superhero books. Right. And right. It's just so damn saturated. So we wanted to do something um at least somewhat fresh and and something that would set it apart i think even when i pitched this to scout they said they don't even traditionally do superhero books i think they published one or two um Uh, so it was even it was even pushing a little bit the boundaries for what scout was expecting there yeah yeah i think now yeah yes shit show is definitely the only superhero book they they do for now so and that's the other thing you know you don't want every superhero story's been told right or virtually every superhero story so you gotta you gotta tweak what's been done and make it your own and and try to make it as fresh as you can and i think that's something we certainly managed to do here with with shit show yeah definitely definitely it was uh it was interesting to kind of um you know see where the team was at and then and then kind of watch Legend as he was, you know, making his way to the show. I don't think he actually made it to the uh, to the sideshow before it got started. Um, but he made it in time to warn the audience about a millisecond before um, before Balam arrives. But uh, the the uh, the pacing in the plot, though, I thought rolled out really well. Um, coming into a new issue, sometimes you don't really know where where things are, and that can be really interesting. But sometimes it can be frustrating as well if you're lost i think it um rolled things out pretty cool and laid out both teams as well as left some things unanswered like kind of like the the origins of some of the members of the newer team or the last surviving folks the mccoys with morph smoke um, encore and frigid bridget Mm -hmm. uh yeah so that'll be cool to see as the volume expands to um dive into their backstories a little bit more absolutely Um, you mentioned Arrow. Were there any other influences or um, uh, stories or writers that you kind of drew from, at least in the in the creation? Oh, oh, there, there's a bunch of inspiration. I, w- I wouldn't say I necessarily gleaned any inspiration from Arrow, you know, other than in the structure. I guess that's always the first thing that, I that see. pops to mind in terms of <clears throat> the structure. Right. Um, you know, like comics inspirations, my, my writing style is very uh, Frank Miller-esque with, you know, kind of scaled back dialogue a bit and more of a, a narrative structure. Um, I, I did notice that on the, um, it, it, you know, giving some exposition here where needed, but then allowing the story to kind of tell itself with some pages with very little, um, little dialogue and more action and kind of... Uh, uh, more way to live the story than just to read it there. Huh? 
Right. Absolutely. Um, another thing, one of my, probably one of my favorite series, if you want to call it a comic franchise, is um, Lemire and Ormson's Black Hammer. Um, I love, love, love all things Black Hammer and what, what Jeff and Dean have built is incredible, um, as well as uh, Hellboy. You know, you look at Hellboy, and, and that's, that's essentially how I'm kind of building this shit show universe. I do have an overarching story planned. I, I know how it's going to end, awesome. um, but how or when we get there has yet to be seen. You know, I love what you know, Mike does on Hellboy. Um, and, and he'll introduce a character in Seed of Destruction, or he'll leave these breadcrumbs in 2005, and those breadcrumbs don't come to fruition until 2020. Right, he's in the long haul. <laughs> you know, he's, he's very in the long haul. And that's kind of how, as I understand it, he pitched um, Dark Horse that, you know, he pretty mm. much planned out the, the, the Hellboy Bible and said, you know, here's what I have planned and and here's where I want to go with it. And that's very much how um, this is structured. You know, you look at Hellboy and it's like two, three, maybe four issue minis, micro series. Um, right. But more often than not, it's just two and three issues. And that's that's kind of what we have planned here. There's kind of like the a main storyline, you know, obviously following rich mccoy our our protagonist if you could even call him a protagonist <laughs> yeah the uh the anti-hero of the story yes <laughs> yeah, very much him um and then you know everyone loves some spinoffs you know everyone loves some sequels and things like that so we have plenty of stuff in the work awesome by, so it's uh, kind of just the tip of the iceberg of this um of this world at least or this shit show universe I hope so. I hope so. And uh, the good thing about that is I think we're able to keep the tone from thing to thing because the way I look at it, you know, I mean, Shitshow's already with Scout, you know, so why let's try fleshing this out because it's very apparent there used to be plenty of heroes, right? We, we have our own version of the Justice League and before um, an issue two, you'll see a little more of this world and what exactly happened um, nice. to kind of nice. set legend on this um, path he's currently on, you know, so it's exploring those characters, exploring characters who've interacted with them, exploring um, some nods here and there. I already have a, um, if you remember the, the old school official handbook of the Marvel universe, yeah. I have um, issue one done of encyclopedia of the shit show universe. I don't know. Um, if that'll ever see the light of day, I kind of want to release it as a uh, digital download. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. So it's just going through all of the all of the characters, giving their profile, their power profiles, and s- stories a little bit. Exactly, yeah, and it does some tremendous world building there as well. It has all the characters you'll see both with uh, Legends Legion and the Magnificent McCoys. Plus, it has. Uh, it's probably half and half, half of them and the other half new characters that will, um, I hope to introduce in one Kickstarter next year, early next year. Oh, sweet. And another, uh, one of those spinoffs I was talking that about that I'm uh, actively developing. Yeah. It seems like you really, um, um, set this first issue up to potentially go into many different arcs with, a you know, with the multiple storylines and, and potential characters falling in. At the same time, I think it does. It stands co- 
you know, together uh, as a, as a single issue and just as a standalone series, even, you know, finishing it, I was definitely um, looking at the uh, solicits or my previews app to see if the issue two was out already. Right. So um, yeah, the other thing I love, love, love about scout is the, um, the current distribution setup with, with comic stores and stuff. So. Right. I saw that they um, have a little bit of um. It's a chaotic way to do it. To say the least. So what I like what Scout does is I'm a first time writer. So I already have an uphill battle trying to sell my book three months before it comes out to people. You know, they're only going to print however many orders or very few over because they don't want to print right. a million copies of New Mutants 98 again. You know, <laughs> something like that. So they're only going to print um, however much is ordered and then some so what scouts doing is scouts releasing they're doing that for the number one but then they're going to pause and let retailers reflect on well did number one sell well did number one not sell well should i ordered more should i ordered less um and once retailers have some time to uh, you know uh reflect on that they're going to solicit number two so I it's i think it's a month break between- okay right or maybe it's two months between issues one and two. Cause I know, I believe issue two is going to be in the January preview. So that means it would be March. Yeah. So it'd come out in March. So okay. uh, January, February is off. That's kind of where I wanted to sneak in that encyclopedia bit to keep some attention up. So then um, after that break, yeah. it is monthly after that break. So two is March and three is April. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, the um, I think that two month window is a, a good idea, really, for the comic shops to get a bearing on it and make sure readers can uh, can you know find the series and get onto these new books. I know they're doing. I saw a similar thing for Frank at Home on the Farm and the recount from Scout that just came out here recently. Absolutely, uh, every uh, every new series, every um, I think starting with November, every new series coming forward. The way now, so. huh? Yeah, so if there's uh, some books that have already come out this year, it's it's still monthly. I'm not sure which books that'd be. I think Yasmin still has an issue. Yeah, so Yasmin and so. uh, maybe Concrete Jungle, which is just wrapping up yep, here. Yep, Concrete Jungle, um, but Children of the Grave, The Recount, right. um, anything new coming out. Totally I really enjoyed the Scout the Scout lineup, man. How did you uh, come across Scout or uh, start working with them there? I knew of Scout because, you know, before even getting into writing, obviously with with my day job, I'm very um, into to the comics world the way it is. Um, I see. So just seeing the newer, newer publishers coming up, I'd, Scout is maybe two or three years old? Um, a little older, older than that. I, I don't know exactly okay. their, the, the history. Um, but we'll have a history of Scout episode later. <laughs> right, they, they skyrocketed certainly within the past two or three years. But prior to even, uh, you know, the day job is, you know, collecting and such. And Scouts, Scouts, very, not only the Scout care about quality creators, but the, the, the people that run it, you know, the, the James Hakes of the world um, are very in tuned with, the collector market as well, right? Oh, yeah. Obviously, creators are going to tell their stories, but the the readers and collectors are going to be the ones to control 
you know, how much that story can make. I mean, it's comics, man. Right. It, finding those folks comics. to appreciate it and, and finding that niche kind of exactly. um, reinforcing it. You know, I, the, the books that, that I got from scout in the monthly box were prime. Some of the best mailed books I've received uh, and, you know, it's setting them next to my, my polls from the local comic shop, which is a great shop. But uh, it was noticeable. You could see the kind of nicks and dings uh, of distribution that happens to those regular issues. Scout right. was packaging everything really nicely there. So that was awesome to see. And I think there is a copy of Shit Show actually in the December box um, coming out this month. There is, yeah. So that's that's the, the, another thing, you know, going collector-minded, collector-first, um allows for all sorts of things you know that that opens up the market to to variant covers and incentives and exclusives and things like that then another thing they just started i think this summer july maybe um was the subscription box so you sign up for the scout subscription box and it's every single title um scout releases you get you're guaranteed 12 books a month so if scout doesn't have 12 titles or new issues out that month to pull something um, from the backlogs, huh? They pull something from the backlogs, back issues, other variants or something. And yes, shit show number one is going to be in the December box. I think it's hey, uh, that's awesome. And I even saw there's a, a potential to like 50, 50 of the lucky box subscribers will get a variant cover there of shit show. Yeah. So it's not only a very, I think what's the price. I think if you do the recurring subscription, it's like 30 bucks a month, which is insane for 12 issues. Yeah. Um, anyways. Right. Yeah. It boils um, down to like, I don't even know, less than $3 a book or something. If right, you compare right. it to cover. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I'm a subscriber. Uh, I know I'm kind of breaking off into a salesman pitch now, but I mean, I <laughs> no, was, no, give it, take your soapbox here. <laughs> I subscribe, you know, it's, it's, it's good stuff. Plus it's, it's always, they always uh, include kind of the, the, like I said, the variants and the, the quote unquote higher end stuff, I guess. Yeah, uh, so but Shisho number one is in December and 50 get, uh, I'm calling it a, we're calling it the secret flip book. Um, because while it does have a different cover, um, it also has a completely new story. Um, what it is, is you look at it and it's number one. The front side of it um, is the cover to number one um, by Samir Samal, the one where he's rich is chugging his beer as Balam just wrecks havoc on the entire world. Right. Uh, trade dress is somewhat altered. Um, like in the corner, it says flip for a new story. So you flip it around and it has a, a Christmas cover um, by <laughs> Seppi Di Stefano. He's a, he's an artist that also did the interior work. But the story inside, it's it's a 12-page Christmas story. Uh, Merry Shitmas, part uh, one. Uh, <laughs> nice, so man. If we'll have 50, um, 50 issues in the sub box and then the rest are randomly shipped to retailers across the... Uh, across hey. the united states whoever whoever orders scout so if your local comic shop orders scout chances are they're getting one or two copies um definitely that's, have to keep an eye another, out for that right that's another part of the the collector focused thing they did something similar with phantom star killer with a, a secret vhs variant right um, right but here we're we're also doing the the christmas cover plus the christmas story as well and the christmas story is um 
we'll say is peak shit show. I'll, I'll have to send you a PDF after this. I should have beforehand. Um, nice. Yeah. No, I'll definitely take a look at it. Yeah. Nothing says Christmas like, like shit show, huh? Right. Yeah. It's um, it, like I said, it's, it's peak shit show. So it's going, that's to, awesome. I love it. I think it's a, it's great things unfolding for the universe and for, and for scout as well. I'm, I'm relatively newer to the collecting side of comics. I've been reading uh, off and on for years and have just started really filling up my own short boxes and uh, pulling and learning more about the kind of uh, actual world of comic collecting. Uh, so it's a, there's always so much to learn there. Um, when it comes to the team that you have behind the book, how did everyone get linked up? Um, are you, um, or did you already know Samir and um, Letter Squids and um, uh, was it Sahadewa as your color, colorist? Yeah, Warnia Sahadewa. Um, so I met them all through social media. We are in various parts of the world. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, so it's a true internet connection there oh absolutely yeah i met them all through social media um the interior art i just posted like a help wanted thing and a a facebook group and samir responded um and he was the only artist that that i wanted for the book you know the second i saw his his portfolio it was it was off to the races so we got that done and and the coloring I, i was looking for um i was looking for something i i had no idea in a sense what i was looking for but I knew it when I saw it with Warnia's work because she, um, she's incredible, man. It's the, the work she puts out is is exactly kind of the the style I wanted. It's that tone of that just conveys helplessness and, and hopelessness. Uh, yeah, there was a very good, um, very good contrast in the colors throughout with the kind of you know the general public. Everyone has sort of like a pale blue or green sort of cast over everything, making it seem sort of dismal i feel but then all of the all of the heroes any any representation of their power or even their their dialogue when it comes to letter squids work is colored pretty brightly and and characterizes them uh significantly i thought there was one page with um macabre mel just kind of letting loose on the uh some of the denzians of the underworld mm-hmm. uh, and i thought that was the colors on that page were were awesome it just really popped after reading the book and seeing kind of the dark background of richard and legend it's it's incredible man you bring up letter squids and he's uh, he's on a whole other level man you look at every single panel and he's doing all sorts of crazy shit with the balloons and the lettering and he's making them frosty if Frigid <laughs> talks or he's, you know, making them on fire if a demon talks or gets blown up. Or, yeah, even when legend is kind of beat to pulp, beat right, to a pulp, his word bubbles are even bleeding, bleeding a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> they get progressively, uh, you'll notice that through the series, they get progressively bloodier until it's pretty much nothing but uh, blood and bones. But yeah, uh, Letter Squids does incredible work. And I think I, I saw his work on, on Twitter or something as well. But yeah, we're, we're in all uh, different pieces of the world. So it's... Uh, That's awesome. So really pulled the team together there. Was it a long process to find everyone? Um, I mean, um, you're able to give the story here in maybe five minutes, but was it right. was it months and months? Oh, or did yeah. It come I, mean, we, um, I started looking for artists last July, I think. Last summer, I started working for artists. I see. I know we, pitched, we first pitched the book um, last November. Or no, we pitched it before then because we got the the green light to go ahead in November. Um, nice. So once you get the 
once you get the green light, um, or actually you had to, you had to have the team all pulled together before even the submission. Right. So it was, a, right. Yeah. So, it, I mean, I had worked a few months, you know, um, looking for artists and stuff in the summer of 2019, um, because the, the whole team was together by the time we pitched it and we pitched it, like I said, September or something, um, September or October. Cause we didn't get the go ahead. Um, and, and deal done until November. So we, we pitched a couple months ahead of that. So it's been, I mean, it's been over a year before we were even, you know, accepted as a title at scout. So the com- the world of comics, uh, doesn't move, doesn't move quick, huh? It has its own pace. Not at all. I'm talking <laughs> to my other creators. Apparently that is, uh, pretty speedy in and of itself. Ah. Uh, so it's just a, uh, it's, it's a process and it takes a, it takes a lot of people and a communication to get everyone in line and it's, and it's a process, man. So next time you're at your local comic st- shop, picking up uh, a $3 issue, just realize that that issue took months and months and months to make right. and you'll probably read through it in five minutes of all the, or- all the organization and t- commitment there of the teams. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's wild really what's put, what's put behind the comics and how they, right. I mean, how they're realistically churned out so, so quickly in mass with so many stories. It's a, it's an interesting industry for sure. I've um, definitely written some short stories and been working on some novels in the past, but um, how would you say write, the writing process changes from, um, uh, or changes when you move to the comic arena or when you try to tell a story with the comic book medium versus just on the page? Uh, so I, I've tried my hand at prose several times and I, I really never gotten the hang of it, you know? Uh, oh, so you prefer the, uh, the comic medium then, huh? I do as well. I mean, awesome. I write for a job, but that's news and stuff. So that has nothing to do with really creative stuff unless you're going into like features or, <clears throat> or something of that, um, Makes sense. nature, you know, um, I, I've tried prose. Um, I originally tried writing, or I did write um, Shitshow originally as a as a pilot script, probably oh, the world's most wow. expensive pilot script. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's awesome. You could keep yeah. that as a, an Easter egg for a later date too, to yeah. share some snippets of that. I mean, <laughs> if someone wants to option it, man, the pilot's already done. Just hit me up and I'll, I'll gladly send that over. So I originally sure, wrote man. it as a pilot and, and talking to people, you know, it's like, um, yeah, man, this is going to be super, super expensive. I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> so I, I converted that into, uh, I changed it up a bit for the comic, um, because comics, um, I mean, comics are also expensive, mind you, but at least there you're not like prohibited by, uh, or, Special effects and yelled back uh, by the visual effects budget, right? So you can do whatever the hell you want. Exactly. So, all right. Well, shit. We're gonna give Balam three heads, and we're gonna make him thirty feet tall. <laughs> You're right. No problems there. A tail, and we're gonna do all sorts of this this weird shit because um, comics cost the same if it's just a talking head or if it's um, bonkers, crazy, interdimensional orgy of stuff you know right right. that's a it's a blank canvas there for sure (laughs) and when it comes to the more interdimensional uh 
chaos. How about we spend just a moment talking about the teaser story at the end of Shit Show, uh, Killer Bears in Space. Um, you give a it's a brief intro of this Unicrom system where everything is all quaint and perfect. Uh, we even dive into this uh, you know Care Bear esque world where uh, it basically everything seems to go wrong in about half a panel. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, so the the short story it's in um, every cover, every variant or whatever. It's it's a four page short story, you know, Killer Bears from Outer Space, and that came about by um, looking at the Care Bears property and imagining they were drawn by Rob Liefeld. Not <laughs> um, like man, that's just taking be... that and run with it, huh? Yeah, so that's kind of the inspiration. <laughs> that's um, awesome behind that it's as you'll see it's very much a teaser and that's kind of even a teaser of the kickstarter i want to i'm gonna launch next year which is like a, a shit show presents awesome cool um, man i got a very like a happy tree friends kind of vibe from from, from the beginning especially after having read the full issue of shit show i was expecting i think i, I was expecting it to get more gruesome but uh you you scaled it down to to just show the we right amount, right? Scaled it down, yeah. So the killer bears are kind of going to be our Deadpool, our, our comics Deadpool, not Ryan Reynolds Deadpool, but the comics Deadpool, the meta fourth wall breaking. Um, oh, nice! Just very, very self aware. They they might murder people with their candy cane bow and arrow, but um, you know it's it's it'll be like blurred out or pixelated or all the time they swear it's going to be an asterisk and, and stuff like that and then they're going to bitch and moan about their swear words getting bleeped out and, and things of that nature um so you'll see the the teaser there um eventually you know it's it's kind of a, it's it's all a part of that plan you know you will see why that cataclysm happened and what that cataclysm is um, obviously the killer bears from outer space aren't the only beings in the universe that were affected by that. Yeah. I'm more um, concerned about the Unimoves, man. The, yeah, the Unimoves are there. You'll, <laughs> you'll see that. So there's that teaser and, and that teaser is kind of the style of the Kickstarter I'm looking for. You know, it's essentially going to be a big old issue zero, um, except it's going to be multiple issues eventually. Very um, cool. Just the short story teasers. Um, but I'm also am working on, the actual first story story that will feature um, some of those characters. I don't have any idea if it'll actually come to fruition ever, um, but it's my full intention to uh, bring the killer bears back sooner rather than later, maybe even before Shitro volume two. Oh, wow. yeah. It was a cherry on top always to get another little teaser story at the end of the book for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, with, with that, Adam, man, I just want to thank you again for joining us and, and talking about your work and your process. We'll definitely, we'll definitely keep eyes out for a shit show coming down the, down the line and even some future Kickstarters. Um, where can folks find you online? Um, and are there any other projects you'd like to shout out here? Um, I, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Barnhart, A-D-A-M-B-A-R-N-H-A-R-D-T. Um, or like the, we do have a pretty active community on Facebook, the, the shit show page, facebook.com slash shit show comic. Um, so if you like us there, we'll, uh, um, you'll get all the news there. Um, awesome. yeah, just, just follow us as that. Um, I kind of discussed the projects I'm already working on now. Obviously yeah. I have all sorts of, uh, 
other stuff in the works, but those aren't even uh, pitchable stuff yet. So hey, keep it, keep it coming, huh? Right. For the immediate <laughs> future, it's it's all things shit show. Awesome. Well, great. Thank you again. And guys, you, as always, you can find me at afterdragons underscore, and we've got podcasts and reviews on the website afterdragons.com. And go out to your local shops here this week on Wednesday to pick up a copy of Shit Show Number One and uh, let us know what you think here. Thank you.